Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadef. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu Alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. It's July 14th. We're already halfway through July. And before you know it, those school buses will be rolling again. It's been a hot, hot summer so far in Florida where I am. So thank you for joining me this morning for some joint rolling and some very inspiring educational information about alcohol. And Dr. Sunil Dahan will be joining us with a very urgent health warning that he's uh, heard from the UK uh, and Europe. So let's begin with some uh, breathing today, and then we're going to roll our neck around, our shoulders around, and get on our backs and kick those legs and arms up so we can lubricate our joints. That's what joint rolling is all about, boys and girls, men and women, sisters and brothers, kings and queens. Joint rolling is all about lubricating the joints and improving your circulation because that's what keeps us healthy and well in our being as souls in a vessel of clay. And it also helps our uh, our um our, uh, um, our immune system, 
our immune system, and it helps drain all the systems in the body so that we have very few toxins in the body. If you're having regular bowel movements, you know, wink, wink, that's a key. Remember there's a saying that says uh, disease begins in the colon or cancer begins in the colon. So we want to make sure that we keep all these things circulating and our lymph system, we want to make sure this is where we have lymph glands posted and we stimulate those at the end of our joint rolling so that our lymph system drains everything we need to have drained. So thank you so much for joining me this morning. And I'm going to put on some music so that we have uh, some rhythm to go with our rolling, rhythm and rolling this morning. How about that? Rhythm and rolling. We are rolling with rhythm this morning. Uh, let's see. My grandchildren came over this morning to say goodbye to me, and uh, I had a quick Spanish lesson with them because their mom's Hispanic. But I realized um, something about my grandchildren that we want to think about today, that books are becoming obsolete. The, the books you hold in your hand, my grandchildren are revealing to me a reality that when you're stimulated all day with tablets and moving uh, objects, animated cartoons, books are boring. And that's what they always say when I suggest we do some reading. So we have to either find some really exciting books for them or just burn all the books for them and just put it on a tablet. That's the reality I'm coming to. So. I'm waking up this morning to all kinds of realities. So let us wake up, number one, to fly. First, love yourself. And even if you're in a wheelchair, you can roll your shoulders, your arms, your wrists, your head around. So that's what we do. I'm going to put some music on in the background. So we'll, we'll start with some breathing. Let's just breathe right now before the music. Inhale. Through the nose, through the nose, hold it, hold it, and exhale. Inhale. Inhale through the nose and, and exhale. Inhale through the nose and exhale, exhale, exhale. Inhale, hold it, hold it. Inhale, hold it, hold it in, hold it in, hold it in, and exhale. Inhale one more time. And exhale. And you want to keep that inhaling and exhaling out up as you do your rolling, as you roll your neck around, your shoulders, your arms, everything. Be sure to inhale purposely, consciously, and exhale so that you're pumping. The, the breath is like a pump for the body. When you inhale, exhale, that's pumping all the lymphatic system. It's helping your your joints lubricate, and it's improving your circulation. So let's get busy with time for healing by the sounds of blackness. I don't own the rights to this music, but they've given me permission. I actually have an email from this company, this producer, to play their music. How about that? Giving me permission. Here we go. Oh, 
When you do this, you feel it all the way to your toes because that's how powerful your vagus nerve is, stimulating all your veins and arteries to move that blood. Now place those hands behind the neck. Squeeze and release. Squeeze and release. Squeeze and release. Breathe in and out. Inhale and exhale. Inspire, expire. Inspire, expire. Massage those shoulders. Give those shoulders some love with the hands. Massage, massage, massage. Shake it off, shake it off, and then just pat down the arm. Give that arm some love. Our skin loves to be touched. That's why massage, a, a regular massage is so helpful for your mood, your emotions, and so much more. Tap on that thymus gland right here in the middle of the chest. That's your immune power right there. Thymus gland boosts your immune system as well as underneath the arms, armpit. That's your lymphatic gland point. Get those lymphatic systems going. And then always remember to squeeze gently the breath, to stimulate the breath, to move the energy around. And then go down to the navel area and just circulate gently around that navel to love on your microbiome community army down there. You've got a whole army of trillions of microbes down there waiting to help you from the command center up here. And then lastly, let our kidneys and, and adrenal glands some love. Massage this area. Anytime you have back pain, start here with the kidneys and adrenal glands. And just breathe into those spots there, the kidney. Thank your kidneys. Thank your kidneys for doing a great work. Thank you, adrenal glands, for producing the necessary hormones to keep me balanced, to keep me balanced. Woohoo! And we are ready. Give thanks, give thanks for your beautiful body. Give thanks, give thanks for the most advanced, amazing biological computer on the planet. Yes, we are it. We are the most advanced. And this command center is ready to go to work, ready to go to work. This command center is processing, inhaling, absorbing wisdom today, much wisdom today that I'll be sharing with you, and knowledge about something called resveratrol that is in red wine. So let me move now to my studio. You'll see my plants on the ceiling as I transfer over here to my studio where you can see my book cover for my dad. And here we are once again on July 14th, 2023, it's a 10 for those of you who are in numerology and number energy, 10 or 1. We are one with the most high creator of the universe. We are one. Take that in. Take that in. We are one. Everyone present in this gathering, we are one. We are one. Unity, unity. We promote unity, unity all over this planet because the elite, the powers, that want to take over, they're promoting division, division, divide, and conquer. That's their motto, uh, operation. So today, 
I'm piggybacking on uh, Dr. Debbie Green's show yesterday where she started to talk about alcohol fetal syndrome, which is a disease, a disorder, an imbalance that occurs in babies and children and then adults when mothers drink alcohol while they're pregnant. So I look at this, this situation, this condition, this behavior as totally unconscious. Meaning, what do, we, what do I mean? What do we mean about conscious and unconscious? Being conscious in a world that's confused and in third dimensional, physical, it's all about me, all about me. Being conscious is, it means awareness. Being aware of the consequences of every choice that you make and having a purpose behind every choice that you make and honoring the divine in every choice you make. That's what conscious alcohol drinking is about, being aware and being aware of the history of the circumstances or the event or the thing that we're talking about. In this case, alcoholic beverages. So I want to start off this morning with some history. Many of us, in embracing our consciousness about drinking alcohol, uh, many of us realize that we have Native American blood. There are people who are Choctaw, they're uh, 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 Seminole, all the tribes. If you look at a map of the United States, an older map, you will see all the tribal affiliations and locations in every state in America. There were tribes, in Native American tribes. So many of us, especially myself, I know that on my mother's side, who uh, where she was raised in southern Illinois, there were many tribal affiliations, and my mother's family has a very close connection with a tribe in southern Illinois and Kentucky. So I want to start this morning bringing our awareness to the history of Native Americans and alcohol, okay? And this awareness, I hope and pray, will begin to help you who might be using alcohol as medicine or a drug instead of a, a beverage for relaxation or healing. And we're going to get into that. Why? How can alcohol be a beverage for healing? As long as you're not using it for a drug uh, medicine to soothe your, your wounds from your past, your pains from your past, to soothe the emotions that you can't handle, then it can be very healing. And we're going to talk about resveratrol, which is in the red wine especially, that brings healing on so many levels. So let's go first. This is about a two-minute uh, audio on the history of Native American um, and alcohol. So take note, and let me turn up the volume here. Uh, let me see. Do I need an on? I won't play a video. Well, I could play a video this morning. Let me see. Uh, let's see if we have a video available this morning. That's my intro. Yeah, there's a video, uh, history of alcohol. Uh, let me take, 
play that just so my Facebook friends can see there or not. I don't know. Okay, I won't play this. It's only two minutes. Uh, oh, here we go. History of Native Alcoholism. Okay, so here we go. Listen, and you on Facebook, you can see um, the woman who is uh, describing. She's a Native American um, giving us the history that will help us become more conscious about this beverage and how it started in the Native American community. Okay, here we go. American Indians didn't typically drink alcohol or didn't traditionally drink alcohol. And uh, alcohol was introduced into our communities during the colonial period. Um, And some of the founding fathers, Franklin and Jefferson come to mind, were really specific about wanting to get Native people hooked on alcohol so that we would become indebted to them. And through that debt, um, we would be forced to give up our land. And so in some of our early um, religious movements, um, a a figure in my tribe, Tenskwatawa, um, also known as the Shawnee Prophet, is someone who, along with Wavoka uh, and Handsome Lake, talked with Native people about putting away the things of the whites. That's what they would say. And it was because they saw the destruction uh, in our communities that came from consumption of alcohol, um, came from forms of Christianity and just generally deviating from our traditional ways of being. Um, Fast forward to contemporary times, a lot of alcoholism in Native community, uh, in my opinion, has to do with historical trauma, and specifically that um, our children were stolen from our homes, uh, taken and placed in boarding schools where they weren't Indian and they weren't white. And so they, they came out uh, into the world, again, having really depreciated self-concept, and, and all they could think of to do to mediate the bad feelings that they had was to consume alcohol or to take drugs. And so, you know, they weren't functioning people. They will have children who then aren't parented, and then they don't learn how to be functional people. So uh, for me, the role of historical trauma can't be understated when we consider um, alcoholism in our nation. Okay, so there's a a Native American woman explaining to us uh, how alcohol was brought to the reservation, well, it wasn't a reservation, it was brought to the Natives who owned the land, and the purpose or their motive behind that was to control control the Native Americans so they would give up their land eventually because they're influenced by this substance, what we call alcohol, which helps them to become addicted to it because of the trauma, the historical trauma. Now, fast forward to 2023. And what do we have going on now Uh on the reservation and in urban areas and in rural areas and on and on and on and on. What has this substance been doing to the people of 
Native American ancestry. Tonight on World Report, a dry Indian reservation consumed by alcoholism and the white town that exists solely to sell them booze. In South Dakota's Black Hills is this piece of hallowed ground where the granite profile of Chief Crazy Horse rises in tribute to the proud but painful past of the Lakota Nation. Well, now there's a new 21st century battle brewing here. And this battle is not nearly so proud as past struggles, but in some ways it is just as painful. It begins at this slight curve in the road, a curve that leads to a fiery conflict centered on the town of White Clay, Nebraska. You see, White Clay is a town with a tiny population of just 22. They have four liquor stores. Why? Because White Clay is just a few yards away from the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, where, because of an epidemic of alcoholism, booze is banned. To grasp the size of the problem, consider that estimates put the rate of alcoholism in Pine Ridge as high as 80%. A few years ago, of approximately 13,000 crimes committed on the Pine Ridge Reservation, almost 99% of them were somehow connected to alcohol. Indeed, it seems the only reason white clay exists at all is to sell alcohol to Indians. After all, while there are four liquor stores, there's no school, no church, no doctor in white clay. Alcohol is a product which can be used in a reason, you know, responsibly. It also is a product which unfortunately can be used irresponsibly, hurt to her up again. The people that, that prey on the weaknesses of others and exploit those weaknesses for profit, that's all they're doing. I think if we you know, took any random group of, of 100 people and put them in circumstances uh, on Pine Ridge similar to the ones those people live in, that we would find 10 or 12 of them dead drunk when we went up there and, and, and poked around. And it has nothing to do with failings on the part of indigenous people. It has a lot to do with failings on the part of our society and our government. Although none would talk on camera, some store owners did talk with us on the phone. But all they'd say was, simply put, we're not doing anything illegal, leaving the question of their own moral culpability to others. Some on the reservation, although they want the drinking to stop, agree with them. If my people here cannot stop drinking, they have to learn to control it. It's my own opinion that why they drink is they want to do something for their family, their children, they want to have good homes, everything, but their hands are tied. Which leaves today's youngest generation of Native Americans pretty much on its own to figure out how to become strong, sober, proud Indians, like the one being chiseled from the granite so close to their ancestral home. So we're looking at this morning conscious alcohol drinking, enjoying alcoholic beverages on a conscious level. How are we doing that? We're first of all becoming aware of the destruction this beverage has brought to our Native American brothers and sisters, and that continues to plague the reservations with crime and illness because of people using these beverages 
as drugs or medicine. Medicine to numb the pain of a historical trauma. And this doesn't even have to apply to, quote, Native Americans. We have brothers and sisters. We have family members who are indulging in alcohol every day to relax them, to numb the pain, but they're using it as a drug. And our, our, our point today, our hope today, is that all of us will become more conscious of the damage this beverage has done to our ancestors. The damage it's done to the ancestors' children in the way of the fecal alcohol syndrome, as um, um, Dr. Debbie pointed out, and as our um, our listener, uh, Mama AZ, has shared with us many times her history of her mother's uh, alcoholism. Now, I'm not so sure my mother didn't drink when I, she was pregnant with me because my mother was an alcoholic from the time I was born, as, as far as I can remember. And here's the reality, and then we're going to a commercial. Most baby boomer families I am finding, and if you're the exception, please help uh, help me understand what your family like life was like. Most baby boomers had at least one parent in the family who abused alcohol, at least one. Maybe both. If you have both, I pray for you, and I feel for you. Because just having one parent in the house who abused alcohol or who used it as a drug or medicine, and I should say I should eliminate the word abuse because what I see my friends and family are doing with alcohol who, who consume it on a regular basis is they're using it for a drug or medicine to heal or soothe the pain from their traumas of childhood. People can be in denial all they want about this uh, habit they have or this addiction they have. I have friends who deny, oh, I'm not addicted or not about a trauma, or I'm drinking it because it tastes good, blah, 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 blah. But today is conscious raising, consciousness raising for us to look at alcohol in a different way because it's harming our brothers and sisters on the plantation. It's destroying families. It's always been destroying families. My parents divorced when I was about oh, nine or ten years old, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. And my, my, it destroyed my mother because she couldn't let go of the alcohol to soothe the hurt she felt from her husband leaving her because of her addiction. My father left my mother because he couldn't live with a woman who was addicted to alcohol. Why? Because all through his childhood, he lived with his parents and her, his, their friends who were always getting drunk on alcohol on the weekend. So his childhood experience was very negative, stressful, having to clean up the alcohol, the vomit and all the, uh, the, the uh, damage from the alcohol. So marrying a woman who became uh, addicted to the substance, he couldn't handle it. And then I, as a result, I had a lot of anger, as most children do. Most children carry anger, sadness, unforgiveness when their parents divorce. And they hold on to it. So this beverage has a way of damaging relationships and families and even communities, as in Pine Ridge Reservation and all the other reservations, who are struggling with maintaining a healthy environment where alcohol is being abused. So this is our first step 
in becoming conscious alcohol drinkers, realizing the damage this beverage does not only to the communities but to your body. So when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to listen to some information on alcohol that heals the body, alcohol that can strengthen the body and and actually uh, change the body's uh, microbiome for good. That's what we're going to talk about when we come back. Awareness of the damage it's done, the destruction of it, hopefully will bring you to a new level of how long you're going to use it for drug or medicine versus using it for healing and uh, for nourishment. So we'll be right back after these messages. Oh, man. God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456, and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. Do you worry about finances, family? jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com. Or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit ZeldaSpeaks.com. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? 
When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. birthday and um, uh, all of the beauty of this day may it be with you as well as Teresa uh, today's her birthday and Kenny if you're listening all you beautiful cancers let's go swimming in the beach because you all are cancers along with the Pisces so happy happy day to you today And we're talking about something very positive today, conscious alcohol drinking. If you're just joining us, we started in the first half hour uh, bringing awareness. That's what consciousness is, bringing awareness to consequences, like side effects, you know, from drugs. And that's we bring awareness with our Native American uh, history our ancestors who we would call Native American who owned this land and this land, as Kwame Sunhurst always say, he's on stolen land in uh, Georgia. Because how, what happened? The Europeans came here, introduced alcoholic beverages to the natives, and they were hooked. And the next thing you know, they were giving away the land. That's what alcohol can do to you. Lose your effing mind. Giving away your land. No fight. No more fighting. We're just giving away the land. This is the consequence of being unconscious with alcohol. So today we want to raise the level of consciousness because uh, we have people who have suffered greatly, destroyed, they, this, this beverage has destroyed, well, not the beverage, it's almost like saying the gun destroys families, but the people who are using alcohol as medicine or a drug are unconscious in my mind. This is my thinking because I watched my mother destroy her body, and we watched the Native Americans in Pine Hill destroy their communities, and so much more, so much more. So our first level of raising consciousness, awareness of the destruction it has brought to our ancestors, our families. And as I said, most baby boomers had at least one alcoholic member of their family. It's crazy. The Europeans have done a great job, great job, of influencing families and societies with this beverage in a negative way, harmful way, destructive way. So today we want to show you how you can use this beverage in a more conscious way. And that means you got to reduce the amount you put in your body because alcohol is not the only way, of course, to nourish and change the, the chemistry in your body, but there is Uh, an ingredient in red wine in particular that is very healing and nourishing if taken in moderation. And that's the key. The, one of the audios I played earlier, he said the native Americans need to learn how to be disciplined and use the alcohol in moderation. Well, here's the point with that. 
If you have historical trauma, whether it's you were raped by your mother, your father, your brother, or any historical trauma that you didn't heal from, that you're still wounded from, that you're still feeling the pain of, then you're probably using this drug as an uh, as this drug, this beverage as drug, a drug and medicine to soothe the pain. Every time you take a drink, the endorphins kick in, the the uh, the hormones kick, the pleasurable hormones kick in. So you're using it as a drug. And that's why, and if you continue to avoid healing the trauma of your past, then you're going to continue to use that as a drug, whether it's smoking marijuana or some other substance. Just take take your pick. The, our society offers many drugs and medicine for your traumas and your woes and your pains. But there's an ingredient I want to focus on now called resveratrol that is in red wine. And for me, my attention went to this ingredient because as an older woman, women in their 60s, 70s, elderly women, we lose estrogen. uh, And the estrogen loss affects our reproductive area, the yoni area, I'll say. So resveratrol is an ingredient that actually helps increase estrogen. So here are five facts about resveratrol, which leads us into conscious alcohol drinking. If you need resveratrol, and there are so many benefits of resveratrol, so you might need to give up the beer and the vodka and the rum and all the other things. It's your choice. But then if those beverages are your drug and your medicine, you're not going to want to give it up. But here's some information about this one ingredient, and there are several in red wine that is very helpful to the body if drinking what in moderation let's say we've all heard about the benefits of red wine or you may have even heard that a piece of dark chocolate every day is good for you do you know why do you know what special compound that's within peanut butter so the peanuts the red wine the grapes, many berries, the special compound has immense power on our health and well-being. It's called resveratrol. I fell in love with it about 10 years ago when I was in the south of France and I started to learn all about the French paradox, why it is that the French can eat a diet that's rich in so many saturated fats, drink their wine, enjoy all of the deliciousness of their food, and yet, despite all of this, have some of the healthiest cardiovascular systems in the entire westernized world. It's a paradox, right? Well, we now know it has everything to do with the polyphenol resveratrol. So resveratrol has so many benefits. I'm going to go over my top 10 favorite benefits, why I consider it something that you need to be incorporating into your life every single day. So number one, it activates something called sirtuin-1. It's a gene in your body that switches off after you're about 17 or 18 years old. So you're no longer growing. You don't need this gene switched on, but it's like a youth-activating gene. So resveratrol impacts all of these special genes, specifically SIRT1. Actually, Dr. David Sinclair from Harvard was the one that did that research. So it's powerful as an anti-aging nutrient, number one. 
Number two, it's an anti-inflammatory. So the polyphenols not only protect our body as an antioxidant, but I call them power phenols because they also activate autophagy in our body. And we know that autophagy is auto self phagy to eat. So they protect and they repair, and that has an incredible anti-inflammatory effect all over our body. Number three, resveratrol is so important for our brain. It has an amazing power as an antioxidant. It can cross the blood-brain barrier, which means that it increases the blood flow in the brain. It reduces the inflammation in the brain and gives you an overall sense of a more youthful brain just by its simple antioxidant effects. Number four, resveratrol supports good cardiovascular health. So just think about it. The reason it was called the French paradox, the secret to the French paradox, is that the strength that resveratrol can give to our entire cardiovascular system is truly spectacular. There are thousands of studies done on resveratrol and it started all around the research of good cardiovascular health. So we know that a glass of red wine is good for our health. Now we know why it's so incredibly good for our health. But you would have to drink about 500 glasses of red wine if each glass has about five milligrams in it to get the beneficial studied amounts that you would need. Number five, joint health. What's shown with resveratrol research is that it can support really strengthening our joints and supporting the cartilage. So every day that you're taking your resveratrol supplement, you're doing something good for your joints, helping to reduce the effects of joint pain that can accumulate as we age. Thanks so much for watching. You can leave a comment. So many people have told me over the years the most incredible benefits that they've Now, if you heard her, how many glasses of red wine does it take to get all the benefits that this study, uh, Dave, I think it's David Sinclair uh, talked about. In fact, here is an interview with David Sinclair by Joe Rogan. I love these guys because they, they always bring out good information. Here's an interview by David Sinclair, one of the, the guy who did a lot of research on red wine, of all the benefits. But remember, she said something like 500 glasses a day to get the benefits. So think about that. Even drinking red wine has benefits, but how many? How much are the benefits? How how large are the benefits? How great are the benefits? So enjoying red wine is not just about getting a, a dose of resveratrol. But as she said, it improves your circulation it can, and, and it warms your body. We all know that first sip of a really good glass of red wine heats you up, right? So you're going to get an improved circulation from the start. But as far as resveratrol, you're getting a small amount, which is really what we want in our consumption. We want a small amount of all of these good things, good, good vitamins, minerals, whatever, so that, guess what, we can take in the full nourishment of the sun and nature. I'm not getting a lot from anything I put in my mouth other than taste, satisfaction, improved circulation maybe, but the focus of uh, this program, health and well-being, is to get you outside. Less food, more movement. So let's listen to an interview by uh, on by David Sinclair, who did this research 
And we, what we can do, we can learn a little bit more about the research that he did that will in, maybe inspire us to choose this beverage over others because of all the information that we can g- gain uh, by hearing all of this. So let me bring up uh, the interview here. And I'm going to play the audio so we can get right. So take note um, the information that this guy brings about just the resveratol and red wine, how we can make better choices, again, conscious alcohol drinking because of what? The research behind it. What's that? Well, I don't know what the research is on beer and vodka and rum. And remember, Europeans, this is so key. I got I got this aha this morning about how Europeans brought all this alcohol, and we produce all this alcohol. And uh, why did they do that? The motive initially with Native Americans was to change their mental state to take away their land. So what is the, the land we're talking about today is this vessel of clay. The human body, this is your land. This is the only land that you're going to have for the rest of your life. All these choices for alcohol. You have spirits on top of, of uh, alcoholic establishment, liquor stores, they call them. You have spirits on top that say they give you a clue. They're trying to destroy your spirit. Destroy your spirit. So let's listen to some research done on just one. Maybe we can reduce our consumption to just one occasionally, right? Okay, let's check this out. <laughs> the Joe Rogan experience. When, when I was in Africa, you reminded me, they eat a lot of blueberries. And so these colored foods are also good to eat. Uh, mm. So resveratrol comes on when... Yams... Dark uh, things, right? Beets. Well, yeah, leafy vegetables, but also uh, fruits that are very colored, colorful. So right. why why is that? Why Col- is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. The uh, so we have this idea called xenohermesis, and it's a terrible name for something that's quite simple, and that is that these molecules from plants are produced to make the plants healthier. Um, these are stress response chemicals, uh, and if you stress plants, they turn colored. Uh, turn on a UV lamp or put a plant in the sun, it'll turn reddish, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are stress chemicals to survive. And I believe that we've evolved to sense those chemicals in our food supply. Oh, so we're attracted to juicy red tomatoes as opposed to pale tomatoes. We're not just attracted flavor. to it. I think we're attracted to it because they're colorful. But what our bodies get out of it is that these chemicals go into our bloodstream and they turn on our defenses against disease mm. to survive. Why is that? good? Why did that evolve uh, or potentially evolve? It's, I think, because when our food supply was stressed, we need to get ready for adversity because we probably run out of food. And if you're a bird or some other dumb animal, uh, dumber animal, uh, or even a yeast cell, how are you going to know if your food supply is going to run out? You've got to know it chemically. So these chemicals are a heads up that adversity is coming. So if you eat a lot of these chemicals through, say, red wine, which is stressed grapes and other things like that, blueberries, these chemicals, they're not probably not working mainly through antioxidant activity. They're giving us this stress heads up. Isn't there, there's, that's a controversial thing, the red wine thing, correct? 
like whether or not Red Bond, the the actual uh, compound of resveratrol is where we're getting our benefit from because it's apparently a very small amount of resveratrol in red wine. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it's not really controversial except when people exaggerate and say that it's all resveratrol. Resveratrol is a component of dozens of healthy molecules in red wine. Quercetin, which is good for a number of things. Um, there's uh, a whole bunch of polyphenols, they're called. And uh, so resveratrol is part of that cocktail. Uh, what is this due is also to the fermentation process? Because we're talking about grapes themselves with their high sugar content actually being something we should avoid, right? Right. So don't eat the grapes. But, but wine, if you don't have too much of it, will have a concentrated amount of these xenohermetic molecules like resveratrol and quercetin. Is this apparent in red wine? It's really only in red wine. White so wine, white wine is yeah. just for chicks, right? <laughs> not oh, as well. healthy. Not as healthy. <laughs> Actually, that's, right, that's a joke for my friend Bud. Yeah, you'll get in trouble my for that friend, one. No, it's just for my friend Bud. He always loves white wine. I'm like, that's for chicks, bro. <laughs> I'm joking, folks. Just jokes. Don't get it touchy. Yeah, so, so you don't need to... So that when we treated mice with resveratrol, they were immune to the effects of a high-fat diet, Western diet. And we've traced this down to a single genetic pathway that we work on, these sirtuins I talked about, these NAD-responsive pathways. Really? So they were immune to eating shitty food, like the negative aspects of eating shitty food? Yeah, th this was 2003. That's why it hit all the newspapers, because it was the first molecule that was safe and could mimic the effects of fasting or caloric restriction without actually having to be hungry. Wow. And what kind of dose were you giving these mice? Uh, it was equivalent of um, about 250 milligrams a day in a human. Okay, so it was one quarter of what you recommend people take. Right. Uh, I don't recommend people take anything. But, okay, what you take. Right. And let's just say that. Yeah. No I'm, recommendation. I'm, Sorry, folks. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking a higher dose because I've, I've looked at human clinical data, and I think that a higher dose may be required to have an even better effect uh, on longevity. But the... The results are very clear. When we opened up these mice, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. When we examined those mice, <laughs> carefully uh, uh, put them to, put them to sleep for scientific purposes, uh, it was clear that they they were healthier. Now they were still fat. That was interesting. They were still fat, so we figured the experiment didn't work. But their arteries were clean. Their livers were like a healthy, lean young mouse. And when we looked at their metabolism, it was like a younger mouse. Okay, so I love those type of discussions that uh, provoke thought, basically, because they didn't say anything really definitive, like gospel. It, it made me think about um, actually the Bible and how um, we have heard. If you if you're a Christian, grown up in a Christian church, you've had teetotal. My grandfather had no alcohol in his house. You couldn't drink any alcohol. He was what we call a sanctified preacher. And I grew up in that environment most of my young life. No alcohol, no gum chewing, no secular music, none of that. Healthy, healthy environment. Ugh, today, we got a lot of changes. It's a whole new world today with this generation. I realize that books are almost obsolete with this generation. I, even myself, I don't read near the amount of books that I used to read. And my grandchildren think books are boring, boring, boring. I can't even get them to read. I found a book at a library I thought my granddaughter would just like it. Boring, boring. You know why? Because they're stimulated. 
all day with a tablet and movable objects on a screen at, 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 in their living room, cartoons, animated figures, flying around. And who needs a boring book? That's, how, that's their attitude. So I realized this is a personal testimony for me as a grandmother. And we're talking about uh, conscious alcohol drinking, but this goes into uh, the new world that we live in. Okay, in the old world we were in with our parents, grandparents, there was either no drinking at all, no gum chewing, no go, extremes. We had extremes. Or we had parents who were drinking every day, drowning in their beer and their wine and all that. And then we had reservations where a whole community was drunk. It's like, what the hell is going on here? New, we can see the changes and and change is the only constant in our world there's always changes so when i listened to dr debbie's show yesterday about uh, alcohol fetal syndrome it reminded me of the bible as i was going to say how yeshua the messiah who aka jesus turned the water into wine there have probably been hundreds of doc of editorials and things written about what that means, what's the metaphor behind that, what's the allegory, just uh, Google it, and you'll get hundreds of, of interpretations about water into wine. So I look at that now as uh, a metaphor, of course. We don't know that he was actually in that place, did that, whatever. But there's allegories, metaphors, and lessons in that story um, as I listened to that conversation with Joe Rogan and this gentleman about stressed grapes, he's talking about the, 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 the experiments they did on mice that revealed certain things to them about stressed grapes and what's in the stressed grapes, resveratrol. So the difference, I was talking to someone the other day about what's the difference between eating grapes and eating and drinking wine, uh, because in Christianity, that was a huge debate and discussion for in my journey. Do you drink the wine? Do you drink any alcohol? What's the difference? And I had a friend who did a whole teaching on why you should only drink the grape juice. Well, as he said, the grape juice is a lot higher in sugar. So that story about the wedding scene and the water being turned to wine is a very thought-provoking uh, memory or information reading uh, that can translate into stressed grapes produce certain elements like resveratrol, which they make now in pills. You can find resveratrol in every form on the pills, probably liquid. They make it because they're realizing the more concentrated it is, the more you take for certain uh, health challenges, you can get more benefits. But we're talking about conscious alcohol drinking. The pleasure of sitting down at dinner with friends and family that you love, not who hate you, but who love you, sitting down at a meal and having a glass of wine with your friends and family with lots of laughter. Best, uh, best formula in the world to get all the benefits of resveratrol, red wine, increasing your circulation, and laughter. 
so that is my um, definition and my explanation of conscious alcohol drinking. To be consumed, number one, with the awareness that this, these beverages have destroyed families, communities, and relationships in every form, the vodka, the rum, and all that. But when you're sitting down, laughing, enjoying a meal with friends and family, that's the best therapy in the world. And a glass of wine, improve your circulation, improve your estrogen, consciously reminded that this red wine was stressed grapes that produced a whole different chemistry for your body. I think it's the, the red, the water to wine allegory metaphor in my mind. And I'd love to hear from you if you grew up in a Christian home family, if, if what this uh, scripture meant to you as you read through the Bible, if you haven't read through the Bible, I'm giving you my interpretation. Uh, if you read through the Bible and you read that many, many times, Yeshua, the Messiah, turned the water into wine at a wedding. All of that says a lot about allegories, metaphors, and lessons. So we're going to take another break. Questions, comments, press 1 in the Blog Talk Radio studio. And if you're on Facebook, just bring your write your comment in. I'll read your comments. When we come back, I want to bring in Dr. Sunil. Um, oh, I have one more. When we come back, how red wine is healthy for your gut. That's the uh, last audio I'm going to play for resveratrol and wine and alcohol. I, I found this to be very interesting, how red wine improves your gut, because a lot of our guts are in trouble these days. We have had some serious imbalances in our colon. And uh, death begins in the colon. So we want to improve the colon. And this audio I'm going to play for you when we come back is going to um, give you a little information on how the gut is improved um, with red wine. All right. We'll be right back after these. We all say we would like to be wealthy. But wealth isn't determined by how much money you have. Wealth is determined by your power to define what money is. The dictionary defines money as something used as a way to pay for goods and services and to pay people for their work. So how would you like to have access to an unlimited source of money? Money that is not taxed by the government. Money that increases as you share the opportunity with others. Money that you can use to pay for goods and services and pay people for their work. I'm talking about Bitcoin. It's the future of independent wealth building. Bitcoin is the new money that you control. Get started building your wealth. Call 312-849-3456. That's 312-849-3456. Jody Susan of Susan Essentials is certified by the number one functional medicine doctor on plant-based healing essential oils, which are revolutionizing the way we manage our well-being. Schedule today to take control of your health. Hey, 
Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak.
Hi, my name is Marcy Vasky, and I'm a functional medicine nutritionist specializing in gut health. And so I see a lot of clients that struggle with gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and that's really just to name a few. So if this sounds like you or someone you love and know, I'm going to link our website down below where you can make an easy initial appointment. Or if you're the kind of person who really likes to do things on their own or just get started on your own, I'm going to link our free guide as well, which is five ways to improve your gut health. So let's dig into our fun topic today of, is red wine good for your gut? So drinking red wine, right, it's calming, it's delicious, but it gives you more than just that. And while we kind of know, obviously, that alcohol is not usually associated with the picture of health, but drinking wine, and especially that red wine, has also been linked to a multitude of benefits. So of course, like any other alcoholic beverage, wine has its downfalls when it comes to maintaining good health. And some red wines have actually too much sugar in them, and that creates inflammation in our body. So while they're being processed, they're adding extra sugar. And that extra sugar creates that inflammation, which then sets that gut, our guts up for the inability to digest the wine well or properly. And it kind of worsens our digestive system. And you may feel that sometimes if you're having some poor digestion going on. And this type of inflammation can lead to what we call leaky gut or even something called SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So what's the trick? You want to find a wine that has no added sugars. And there's a couple brands out there and maybe more than just what I'll list here. But one is going to be dry farm wine and also there's fit wine where they have no added sugar. So you can enjoy your red wine, get the benefits, but not get all that inflammation. So let's do a little education on the gut first. Gut flora, or what we call the microbiome, is a collection or group of microorganisms in our intestinal tract that plays a very big role in our health. And an imbalance of good microbes or flora in comparison to bad flora can lead to these adverse health issues going on in our gut, which things you might find as a reduced immune system. It can also cause things like weight gain or even high cholesterol. And so a person's gut microbiome that has a much more diversity in it is going to be a marker for good health. So why am I telling you all about the microbiome and our gut flora? Well, what happened was that researchers found and observed our gut microbiota of red wine drinkers actually contained more diversity and variety of flora than the non-red wine drinkers. So that's pretty fun, right? Remember, a marker of good gut health is having that diversity and variety of good flora. So what the researchers believe is that the main reason for this association between having better gut flora is because of the polyphenols in the red wine. Now, polyphenols are kind of this chemical defense mechanism. Uh, we can also call them antioxidants. 
And what they do is they actually feed the flora that's already in our system. So what happens when you drink a glass of red wine is that small amounts of the red wine polyphenols will be absorbed in your small intestine and the remainder will, be, will reach your colon where most of that metabolism and activity go on. And so they intertwine with the microbiota in there and produce what we call polyphenol conjugates. And that then enters our circulatory system. So one thing we want to make sure we take account for is that all of us have different flora in our gut. And that plays an important role in really that bioavailability of the polyphenols and how they'll actually act on your own gut flora. So if you're having poor gut health, you might not get all the benefits just because you don't have that type of flora or that diversity going on versus somebody with a better gut. So the study also found that red wine consumption can be associated to lower levels of obesity and also our bad cholesterol, which we usually think of as LDL. And this was all in part to the flora or our gut microbiota because our gut flora really determines so many different facets of our health. And so when you drink the red wine, you have better gut flora, that means your risk factors for cholesterol and obesity actually can go down. Now the study actually went on to say, and things that we already kind of know, is that moderate red wine consumption can also reduce risk factors for cardiovascular disease, as I mentioned above cholesterol, obesity, and it's all due to these phenolic compounds found in the red wine, which have that antioxidant and also anti-inflammatory properties. So reducing insulin resistance and decreasing oxidative stress on the body. And both of these things contribute to cardiovascular health. And according to a study also, they cited that moderate alcohol consumption, even if you count in beer or spirits, but really we're talking about that red wine today, has also been linked to increasing our HDL, so our good cholesterol. And what's more, there's also something called resveratrol found in red wine, which is also an antioxidant. And that's been shown to lower blood pressure. So drinking a little glass of red wine seems to sound like a good idea to me. So you might be asking yourself, okay, I'm on board, I'm going to drink a glass of red wine, but how much, is it a little bit I can have or a lot, right? Well, I think you probably know what I'm going to say, but studies reveal that drinking red wine rarely, actually, you know, even two times a month can give you this benefit of healthier gut flora and even cardiovascular health. But you can enjoy one to two glasses per day, of course, paired with a healthy diet. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that when they do these, when they say one to two glasses, it's four ounces is considered a glass of wine. So I know sometimes wine glasses are six ounces, maybe even nine ounces, right? So you're really getting, if you did one or two glasses a day, you're having four to eight ounces of red wine per day, which can lead to great benefits, as I've talked about today. But also I do want to point out again that this needs to be paired with a healthy diet. So a diet filled with whole real foods um, and get out all the processed junk. Drinking wine in moderation is always going to be best. 
And so um, you know that. I probably don't even need to say it, right? So if you want to choose an alcoholic beverage to drink today, grab that glass of red wine as it's going to increase your gut health, that gut microbiome, and increase heart health, as well as losing some weight. So cheers. So that, my brothers and sisters, is conscious alcohol drinking. Not drinking it for um, as a drug to numb your pain from your failed marriage, your failed relationship with your ex-wife, your, your, your abuses from your parents, whatever. That's unconscious alcohol drinking. Conscious alcohol drinking is following the lead that this woman gives that look at all the benefits of drinking alcohol for red wine. We haven't talked about any other alcohol. So if you're drinking beer every day or vodka or rum, uh, you're probably on the unconscious side of your alcohol enjoyment or drinking. We're promoting not drug or medicine use of alcohol, but of uh, social uh, nourishment of your emotions, your heart, and uh, having laughter and as she said, a good diet. So uh, we did have someone who pressed one. If you have a question or comment, I'd love to hear from you. Question or comment, press one in the studio. And let me check. To make a comment in Facebook. Now, I want to uh, switch over if there's no comments or questions about conscious alcohol drinking. I want to go over to this urgent health warning by Dr. Sunil DeHan. He has a new uh, this was like a couple of days ago that he posted this. And I keep up with Dr. Sunil DeHan because he's a conscious, courageous uh, doctor that we don't hear in mainstream media. And so I always want to bring him in on the latest. And then we're going to talk about the solutions to this urgent health warning that he discovered. Hi, everyone. Dr. Sunil Dand, internal medicine physician. Welcome to another video. Within the last few days, we have had a series of dramatic headlines across the mainstream media, especially in the United Kingdom, regarding a deadly virus which is potentially making its way to the shores of the United Kingdom and the United States. This story took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting it. It's a very rare condition. Let me share the story with you here. So here's the article in the Daily Express in the United Kingdom, the first article I want to share with you. Urgent warning over deadly virus spreading across Europe, biggest threat to public health. New cases of the infection have started to slowly move across different continents, with the disease confirmed in Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. That seems like a very dramatic headline. What's this story all about? An urgent health warning has been issued after a deadly disease has spread across Europe in what has been described as the biggest threat to public health. Called Crimean Congo Hemorrhagic Fever, CCHF, the disease has recently broken out in Iraq and Namibia. Meanwhile, there have been some deaths reported in Pakistan, and scientists have warned that it was highly likely the disease could soon reach Britain, according to insiders speaking to Parliament Science, Innovation and Technology Committee last week. During the hearing, a representative of Cambridge University said that CCHF may travel to British shores through our ticks at some point. So that's interesting, through ticks. So the same way that diseases like Lyme disease, babesiosis, ehrlichiosis are spread. Let's learn more about the disease. 
Well, according to the article, the disease is neurovirus, a condition which is spread by ticks, and according to the World Health Organization, one that has a grim fatality rate between 10 to 40%. So that's neurovirus, not to be confused with norovirus, and that mortality rate, 10 to 40%, is massive. For some perspective, let's compare that to the pandemic virus over the last few years, which is believed to have had a mortality rate well under 1%. Typically, this condition, CCHF, is found at small stages in Africa, the Balkans, the Middle East, and in Asia. So far, no recorded outbreaks in the U.S. have been reported, but in a worry for scientists, the disease could be expanding out of its usual territories and moving towards the likes of Britain and France due to climate change. So the authorities are blaming climate change for this spreading disease, but let's learn more about the actual symptoms. The World Health Organization notes that CCHF is among the nine priority diseases it ranks, a system that lays bare the biggest public health risks. Among the virus's symptoms include headaches, high fever, back and joint pain, stomach ache and vomiting. In severe cases, jaundice, mood swings and sensory perception are encountered. And then they talk about some statistics here with some high numbers reported in Iraq. A hundred additional cases and 13 deaths were so far in 2023 attributed to the toll in Iraq. So this story wasn't just reported in the Daily Express, it was reported across other news outlets as well. Take a look at this. Here we have a headline in the Daily Mirror, symptoms of killer virus spreading across Europe and it's highly likely to reach the UK. Here's another one from a European news outlet. Climate change is helping this new deadly virus to spread across Europe. So I always find it interesting when you get a story like this that is published across news sites at the same time. Here we have a situation where the authorities seem to have already drawn the conclusion that it is climate change that is driving this particular illness to spread. That's the conclusion. There doesn't seem to have been any intense debate about it. That's what they are saying. And the articles seem to be as much about climate change as they are about this disease itself. But in the interest of all honesty, this is a very rare disease that I had barely heard of before. So let's learn more about the disease. Now I know that what the WHO, World Health Organization, says can often be quite controversial and you wonder how much politics drives a lot of what they say. But let's take a look anyway at the World Health Organization website, what they say about this illness. So here we have their section on Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever. As the article said, actually, it's a viral hemorrhagic fever usually transmitted by ticks. It can also be contracted through contact with viremic animal tissues, animal tissue where the virus has entered the bloodstream during and immediately post-slaughter of animals. CCHF outbreaks constitute a threat to public health services as the virus can lead to epidemics, has a high case fatality rate, there you go again, 10 to 40%, potentially results in hospital and health facility outbreaks, and is difficult to prevent and treat. It's endemic in all of Africa, the Balkans, the Middle East, and in Asia. So very similar to what the initial article said there. They probably got a lot of their information from this website. And here they do talk about the symptoms again. Fever, muscle ache, dizziness, neck pain, backache, headache, sore eyes, and photophobia. That's sensitivity to light. They also add some GI symptoms, followed by potentially mental status changes, including sharp mood swings and confusion. And they've listed a few other clinical signs here, including a fast heart rate, swollen lymph nodes, 
and a rash. There is usually evidence of hepatitis, that's liver inflammation, and severely ill patients may experience rapid kidney deterioration, sudden liver failure or pulmonary failure after the fifth day of illness. And treatment, like with a lot of viruses, is mainly supportive. And they said here the antiviral drug ribavarin has been used to treat CCHF infection with apparent benefit. Both oral and intravenous formulations seem to be effective. And there are no jabs widely available for human or animal use. That's right now, anyway. So that is quite a dramatic story about this particular illness spreading to the shores of Western Europe and potentially the United States. So let's see what happens. I remember this time last year, monkeypox was the thing in the news. Remember that? There were so many articles about it. The news was really heavily focused on that. A lot of people, their radar is up after what's happened over the last three years to any new potential infections spreading. But let's see what happens with CCHF over time. Is this going to become a thing? Is it going to fizzle out? Only time will tell. But certainly, the mainstream media seems to be very concerned. Let me know your thoughts down below. Check out my online academy and my uncensored platform. Those links are also down below. Okay, so I hesitated to even share this news, but I, I trust Dr. Sunil Dahan to be honest and truthful. But uh, we take this one with a grain of salt. Why? Because this is a repeat of three years ago, I think, where we had heavy fear-mongering I mean, when you listen to all the symptoms and, oh, it's spreading. But the key word is mainstream media and climate change. What the F? They're connecting this virus to climate change? Really? So we want to take this type of information with a grain of salt. As he said, this is just beginning. It's over there in Europe. And that's what happened. It was over there in China. Do we see a repeat of the same corona madness that we just went through? Of course we do, because they want to start this game all over again. They want to start this all over again. So I am not a medical doctor. I am going to share always with you my own experience and my own education, my own uh, information that I've gathered over the week even. I gather so much information over the week. Sometimes I don't know what to do with it other than to bring it to you to make your own decision. So what do we do about this new urgent warning? Well, one thing for sure, we don't have fear. That would be the worst thing to do is to go into panic. Oh, my goodness, the virus is coming. The virus is coming. That's how we started this madness three years ago. So let us take a deep breath, process the mainstream media is at it again. At it again, fear-mongering. <laughs> you can be sure the government's going to hop on board <clears throat> if this thing is their new MO for bringing control and shutdowns and lockdowns. So I want to present to you a very simple solution that has to do with building up your defenses. And that's something called hydroxychloroquine. We had a lot of information on hydroxychloroquine during corona, but it was totally suppressed. So I want to start here today with giving you something about hydroxychloroquine and what it does to your body. Because you don't have to be in fear if you strengthen this temple. That's the key. 
many of the people who passed on transition over the last three years, they did so because they had weak immune systems, weak minds, went bought into the fear mongering right away, right away. And when you listen to this this uh, information by Dr. Sunil, you could become fearful right away, or you could jump into defense mode right away, realize uh, drama, 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 monkey pox and, and climate change is all propaganda terms that they use to bring us into fear. So let me bring you some information about something called hydroxychloroquine, which basically is quinine. You look at the word hydroxychloroquine, think quinine. Quinine has been used for centuries, for hundreds of years to heal illnesses in the Navy, in the military, all kinds. So you can make your own version, your own version, if you want, that will give you the weapon to keep all viruses at bay. So here's a little piece about what hydroxychloroquine does to your body. In the past few weeks, we've been hearing these six syllables over and over again. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. I happen to be taking it. The malaria drug being called a potential coronavirus cure by some and a potentially harmful solution by others with the World Health Organization halting its trials at the end of May. So what exactly is hydroxychloroquine? And will it help with the fight against COVID-19? This is hydroxychloroquine, a prescription drug and chemical compound modeled after quinine, a once popular natural anti-malaria drug made from tree bark. As the ideal model for synthetic malaria drugs in the early 1900s, Quinine first paved the way to chloroquine, used around World War II. But there was a slight issue. Chloroquine had too many side effects to be widely used, including retinal damage and hearing issues. So in 1955, a less risky version was made, hydroxychloroquine, made from this mix of atoms. The only real difference is the addition of a hydroxyl group. That's Dr. Neil Schluger, the chief of the Division of Pulmonary, Allergy, and Critical Care Medicine at Columbia University. And he says it's this simple addition of an oxygen bound to a hydrogen that makes the drug less risky. So those chemical changes are often made either to improve a drug's activity or to decrease its toxicity. Despite the side effects, chloroquine is still used. In fact, both hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine are considered versatile drugs, a valuable trait in the pharmaceutical industry, which might explain why people thought the drug originally designed for malaria could be a treatment for COVID-19. There are actually two main reasons this theory has become so popular. One, hydroxychloroquine works by limiting the body's immune response and stops it from going into overdrive in the first place. The drug has been proven to be effective in treating autoimmune diseases such as lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, diseases that cause the immune system to inadvertently attack and damage the body. And although it hasn't been proven, Experts say the drug may have some role to play in stopping COVID-19 cases from becoming severe. Two, both hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine have shown effectiveness against viral infections. In fact, 
Multiple studies have noted hydroxychloroquine's ability to smother and reduce HIV replication, and notably, researchers have found chloroquine can actually suppress coronaviruses in cell cultures, inhibiting and limiting replication of the human coronavirus SARS-1, which emerged in 2002. Scientists believe this comes down to the anti-binding ability of chloroquine, specifically its effect on the binding capabilities of the ACE2 receptor on human cells, the entry point for not just the SARS virus, but also the COVID-19 virus. All of this pushed scientists to study the effects hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine have on SARS-CoV-2, and they were somewhat correct. Lab-based studies found that both have abilities to fight the COVID-19 coronavirus, triggering the FDA to approve emergency use of these two drugs on COVID-19 patients and many others to propose them as a preventative medication. But, and this is a major one, how a drug works against a virus in a lab is not the same as inside a human. Things could be inactivated by a variety of systems in the human body. They could turn out to be too toxic. Um, they could turn out not to be able to achieve a high enough level in the blood to be active in human beings. So there's a whole host of reasons why lots of things that work in test tubes don't work in human beings. Crucially, Petri dishes don't experience side effects but humans do. For hydroxychloroquine, side effects can range from headaches, hair loss, and nausea to something a lot more dangerous. It's one of a large number of drugs that can affect the electrical activity in the heart in a way that could make people susceptible to developing potentially very dangerous abnormalities of the heart rhythm that could be fatal. Person to person, these side effects vary dramatically. So it's difficult to know how the drug would individually impact someone, which is why doctors have warned against immediate widespread use and individual use without medical advice first. Because of the FDA emergency approval, however, thousands of COVID-19 patients have taken hydroxychloroquine, which has led to large observational patient studies and some not-so-promising results, bringing us back to Dr. Neil Schluger and his colleagues. We saw no association between receiving the drug and a favorable outcome, uh, or an unfavorable outcome for that matter. And Schluger's study wasn't the only one to come to this conclusion. But we analyzed data from 1,376 patients. Point in that information here, I just wanted to introduce you to all the controversy around hydroxychloroquine. Now, there are thousands, if not hundreds, of testimonies about people who have used or created their own hydroxychloroquine uh, sub, uh, uh, formulas. Basically, grapefruits and lemons, the skin, the peel of grapefruit and lemons, you can go on any um, YouTube video uh, educating you about hydroxychloroquine or uh, treatments for viruses, grapefruits and lemons. Many of you may remember when you were children, my mother used to boil lemons and give that to us when we had a cold or any type of uh, weakness. My mother would boil some lemons. I don't remember if she had grapefruits or not, but the lemons I do remember. <laughs> what did she put in those, those, that drink? Honey. 
lemons, boiled the lemons, let them sit on the on the stove, cool off, and put some honey in there. We drank that back to school the next day or soon after. So now um, many have uh, discovered, myself included. I've got some high, some grapefruit uh, formula and lemons. I boiled the skin. If you peel the skin of at least three grapefruits and maybe five lemons or less. I didn't use as many lemons. Five grapefruits, three grapefruits, peel the skin, get the, the white pulp in there. You want that. Put that in a pot, cover it with water, boil it, and then simmer it for two and a half hours, about two and a half, three hours. Boom, hydroxychloroquine. That is a natural formula for a liquid that you can take about a tablespoon a day, whatever. It's not going to kill you. Uh, now, I'm not a doctor. Again, I want to remind you, I'm not a doctor, but I'm sharing my experience, and it gets rid of everything, anything that you're struggling with on a uh, viral level, bacterial level. It brings your body into homeostasis because the the pulp from the skin of those fruits is very rich in nutrients basically. So by boiling that skin, you get it, it releases it releases the nutrients, the hydroxy, the quinine. Okay, let's just talk about quinine. You can get that at the store. The problem with the quinine they sell in the store, it has uh, corn syrup in it or some type of sugar because it's very bitter. So when you boil grapefruits and lemons, you're going to get bitter. Sweet, like grand, my grandchildren love. They don't like anything bitter. Uh, even when they get sick, it's like, ah, you know, like, like we were, were when we were children. We don't want anything bitter. Just give me some candy or sweets. I'll feel better, right? Drug me, drug me with sugar or, or alcohol. That's where we are in this society. So with hydroxychloroquine, this is the solution for you. When you start getting the sniffles, the, the, the weak, the fever, do what mom and grandma and probably Native Americans did years ago and even uh, now, boil some skins of grapefruit and lemons, simmer it for, uh, make sure the water covers the grapefruit skin and the lemons, and then let it simmer for two and a half, about two and a half, three hours. I had one woman suggest four hours at that you're going to let it cool for that long of a time. Once you simmer it for three hours, uh, you're going to let it cool, take it off the heat, and it'll cool for another hour. So you're going to have four hours of brewing of these natural fruits, grapefruit and lemon, and preferably organic. You don't want um, to be boiling skins with a bunch of pesticides that have been sprayed on them. So try and get organic grapefruit and lemons. If not, make sure you soak those uh, skins, those fruits in some either apple cider vinegar, white vinegar, or even peroxide. But make sure you soak them if they're not organic because you want to let get rid of them and, scrub, and maybe even scrub them if they're not organic. Get rid of the pesticides. So that's the answer that we're going to be giving for the next health warning that comes out that's sure to come because the WHO, the who, 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 the W World Health Organization, the United States government, 
and the drug companies, pharmaceuticals, they're still working their evil plan. And their evil plan is about the ego, or as Kwame Sunhorse would say, edging God out of the program, edging the creator out. It may be echo in my mind, E-C-O, your echo, edging creator out of the solution. Because what do we have in our society today? We have something called, I think it's the Egerian uh, philosophy, where they create the problem. The problem that they're creating now is climate change. Oh, my goodness. Climate change is creating a new virus or a new health warning. There's a virus spreading in Europe, is it? And it might come to the United States, so be afraid. And then the process, that's the problem. We got fear, fear, fear. Fear, fear, fear. Look at that, what's happening in Europe. There's a virus loose again. Oh, my goodness. Here we go again. Viruses loose in, the, in Europe, spreading all over the continent, spreading, spreading. And it could come here. And then the reaction, of course, what they want from the human beings on the planet is fear. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Is there, is there going to be another vaccine for us? Can they save us? Can the, can the pharmaceuticals save us? Or no, they're killing us. That's what the truth is. They're killing us. So then the solution, of course, becomes we will save you. Don't worry. We will save you. But we're reversing that here on health and well-being. We're coming in with conscious alcohol drinking. That is, if you just joined us, conscious alcohol drinking is one number one recognizing and being aware of the harm and destruction that this beverage has done to our Native American ancestors. From the beginning, just repeat, reviewing this for those who did, who just came in, from the beginning of history, uh, I don't know the years, but Europeans introduced alcohol to Native Americans to uh, confuse their minds and help them release the land to the Europeans. Let the land come to us. Bring the land to us by using alcohol. What an ingenious um, idea. Bring alcohol into the midst of the natives and confuse their minds and addict them to this substance, and they just keep letting go of the land, let go of the land, and here we are, control, control, control. And so a conscious alcohol in 2023 looks like this. You, you gather with conscious friends. You don't want your enemies in this group because then the, in the, the atmosphere changes. You, you have meals with family. You have meals with friends, and there's lots of laughter. And you might introduce some red wine. We're not going to introduce the vodka, the rum, uh, and all the other alcohol uh, spirits that might confuse your mind and, make, and, and you give away your land. Think about the number of, of parents we had and, and who abused their children and they were alcoholics. They get, and then they gave away their land, their bodies, to um, uh, sexual molestation and all of that. It all fits in. So Yeshua, the Messiah today, is telling us to turn the water into wine, which is stress great that ferment, that have been fermented and bring a different type of microbe to your microbiome community. But you've got a conscious alcohol drinking has to have laughter with friends who love you and you love them. The energy is so powerful 
when you have gatherings with loving, kind people who are laughing. Everybody has one glass of wine, not the huge glass of wine with 10 ounces of, of alcohol that will bring you into an, uh, an inebriated or a, a alcohol uh, drunkenness where you go crazy. But consciously laughing, enjoying your friends and family, sipping a little red wine for your body's nourishment. Conscious alcohol drinking. And the health warning that's over there, you totally ignore it because you're bringing hydrowind. And then the next morning, you're going to have your hydroxychloroquine and get rid of any viruses that may have showed up at this gathering. So let me go to the phones. We have someone who's pressed one. We want to hear from you today. What has been your experience with this alcohol from that has destroyed communities in the Native American uh, villages of Pine Hill, Pine Hills, and uh, or Pine Ridge, and more? Three one two five nine seven. Your mic's open. Welcome. Yeah, Lito. Good morning. This is a Koofy James. Good morning, Koofy James. How are you? Yeah, y'all know I know what's going on. I'm I'm a Cherokee chief. I'm an indigenous man. I'm I, you know, so one of the they killed over 300 million of black Indians in America to take our land. And right. one of the methods was to use was to give us alcohol and a mirror. Right. Alcohol, vodka and a mirror. You get drunk, you look in the mirror, and then oh, you look funny. Look at your hair. Look at your nose. Okay. They've been attacking us. You know, thousands, yeah, I mean, for a long, long, long time. And now they're trying to befriend us. And the bottom line right now, the whole goal is going on now is that they're procreating with us. They're taking our women and, and taking our men. 75 million immigrants come over here. They're, they're, they're wiping us out as we speak. And we we have really no understanding of what's really going on. So alcohol, yes, is, is used to, uh, uh, you know, uh, deter your consciousness so you're not, you know, it weakens, your, it weakens you and, and then the enemy can come in. If you see it now, this is what happened in, in the 1800s. The same thing with the uh, Spanish flu back in 1917 when 33 million immigrants came into, the, into America. Okay, this time 75 million came to America. Let me ask you a question, Kruthi. Do you drink alcohol at all? No. No. Okay, I, I run my own business. I run my own business. If I drink anything, it is once a every night, champagne or maybe some uh, some wine or beer or something like that. But I refrain from drinking hard alcohol. I refrain because of the the murders of my Indian people, that that was their demise. Like I said, 300 million black Indians were taken out for Andrew Jackson and, and all of these presidents were, uh, were attacking us. And so now the attack is, uh, has been biological. So I'm, I'm at a point where I'm at now where I, I, I really don't, Frequent with people because if, you, if if you're vaccinated, that means you've been deceived. Why would I want to make you my friend? I'm sorry. It, it, it is Armageddon is going on. If you've been vaccinated, I I love you, but you know I'm I'm gonna keep you at a distance because I gotta yeah, explain. Well, 
I gotta I gotta break down everything that just happened and you're like, Oh my god, I didn't know, I didn't know. Well, you've been deceived. Because most black folks most most black folks yeah. let me tell you one after most black folks, if you think you're from out if you if you think you were from Africa, you you already been deceived and and you're you're a mental slave. If you think you were brought from Africa, you've already given up your land, you've given up your, your rights, and they got you already in their fight. Okay. So thank you. Thank you, Kofi. I appreciate uh your your um sharing your history and your life with us because you're always so consciously aware. Now the truth is even if you if you don't relate to being from Africa, if you relate from being here, my ancestors were Irish, some of them, because my mother's side of the family had a lot of freckles, straight hair. Uh, they could have passed for white, many of them. And I realized that the Irish came in in southern Illinois somewhere down there and started mixing with the natives. Okay, so my, my ancestry on my mother's side is Irish, Native American, my dad's side is very dark skin, curly, uh, cosmic curls, and New Orleans, Louisiana. So, and, and the family thing is most of my family has been jabbed. So I wouldn't have any connection with any family members if I decided that I'm going to exclude the people who've been jabbed. I have, have realized that in order to live with these people who, in my mind, unconsciously submitted to a jab, then I have to show them what it looks like to be unjabbed and conscious in every way. So I, like you, I don't indulge in alcohol on a daily basis at all. I'm drinking red wine purely to boost my estrogen levels, and then I'm done. Uh, And I prefer to have red wine with someone else. I don't want to be drinking all by myself because I'm not depressed and I'm not needing alcohol for a drug or medicine. That is where we all need to be considering the slaughter that went on to with our ancestors because of this substance and the giving away of land because of this substance because it confused their minds. Their minds were not clear. They, the Europeans presented them with a drug uh, to confuse their mind. And to this day on Pine, uh, Pine Ridge Reservation, they're still struggling with that addiction. So let me go to another caller, uh, 312-833. Uh, what do you have to say about alcohol? Are you an alcohol consumer or not? We are in Yashalom, Grand Rising, Assalamualaikum. No, I am not uh, an alcohol, uh, you know, uh, consumer. Thank you very much for asking, uh, uh, Dr. B. Uh, let me share this thought with you. <laughs> Kofi, I want you to get in touch with me and, and Brother Overdyer, too, okay, because we got a lot of work to do in reproducing and saving ourselves, uh, our people, and the children. I'm Cherokee, too. Okay, my grandmother was full ch- Cherokee on my great grandfather. I mean, not my uh, my grandmother. Mother was full Cherokee on my uh, great grandfather's side, out of Mississippi. Okay, uh, all right, we win. God and the people. This is Brother Plump uh, from Chicago, Illinois, Doctor B, and we're going to be doing uh, drumming. You know, drumming is a healing. And thank you for, uh, you know, our health is our wealth. 
uh, you know, uh, in our mind that we keep. And I'm so glad that you reminded us that alcohol will will, uh, make you uh, be in a distraction or a negative attitude, especially as Brother uh, uh, Kufi said, the hard alcohol. I'm going to start back to drinking a little red wine as of today. I'm going to be celebrating. You know what I mean? And I'm going to be drumming yeah. out at 63rd Street Beach with the 64th Street drummers. And I'm inviting everybody out there to call the ancestors so they can come and help us to stop the violence and robbing, stealing, and killing, and uh, looting and hijacking, all of that wrong stuff that's going on here in Chicago, America, and the world. We got to uh, change the negative mental attitude to the positive mental attitude. And that's a way of life that we can share success breeds success because information is a key to success. And I thank God for you, Dr. V, and the female solution so we can be all winners, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and all brothers right, and so sisters, get in touch with me at 312 312- Eight three three oh four seven five. Thank you. Okay, you heard that, and I Kofi uh, dropped off, but I'll send him a text that you are wanting to connect with him. Thank you, Minister Plum. Keep shining your light. Keep drumming, drumming, drumming. That's what Chicago needs, and they need some yoga centers in Chicago. I keep saying that that's the solution, part of the solution. All that violence. Put a yoga center on every corner in Chicago, and you will see the atmosphere change. Let me go to the next caller. Uh, 773-977, your mic is open. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. This is Lois here in Chicago, and good morning to all. I've been so busy doing things. But, you know, uh, I know some very, very important alcoholics, and, and I want to say working alcoholics. And I don't know if we can call them being controlled or not, but uh, being able to work on a job and, and being an alcoholic, let's say for 35 years, uh, I, I know a person who's to me who has uh, worked at a, a college, as a matter of fact, for 35 years. He, he'll get his drink when he gets home in the evening, his dinner, <laughs> goes to bed, go back to work the next morning, and uh, finally re- re- retired. But it was a working alcoholic. And he never abused anyone. He never, you know, cursed or, or shot anyone. He went to jail, anything like that. And I think to this day, if I had to rate all of the uh, alkies that I've known or heard about, this guy would rate over 100% to me. Uh, I, I talked to him a couple of days ago. He decided, oh, he's not drinking any more alcohol now. I said, well, why? And um, he says he just decided he didn't want to drink any more alcohol. And he's also uh, 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 an epileptic. He goes through, uh, he's been taking Dilanta since he was 19 years old. So I don't think that every alcoholic is a bad person. I, I, I remember this one guy, he said, listen, I'm having a host on, on uh, I need a, a hostess for tomorrow morning to help me. Uh, some of my friends are coming over and, uh, I'd like to dress you up and, 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 and uh, just be my hostess for the day. So the guy took me over to Marshall Fields and boy, bought me this skirt. You know, I still have that skirt. It must have been about four or $500 for the skirt alone and this blouse. And then we got to the place. These white people came in and 
Oh, and they had champagne. <laughs> I never drank champagne in my life, but I drank that. I had myself a beautiful time looking over the water and all these people that were nice people. So I think some alcohol and wine is good. I've always had to have wine for my system since I was about three or four years old. My mother and father gave it to me for a blood disorder. Wine, uh, uh, tomatoes, and uh, liver. Yes. So thank you. I just wanted to share that with you. That's beautiful, beautiful testimony because, and let me just say this, there's no good, bad, wrong, right uh, with people who choose to consume alcoholic beverages. Uh, I've seen people who handle alcohol, uh, drinking it every day. Most of my mother's friends growing up were working alcoholics. We had a a neighbor who was a registered nurse, come home, have her drink. Go and get up the next day, go to the hospital where did her nurse. She did that all my life, I remember. And then on the weekend, she and my mother and all their friends would get drunk together. What a life, what a life. Not wrong or right, but what that taught me was my mother ended up with liver cancer. This woman, the nurse, her end of her life was horrible. Ugh, just horrible, her body. So what alcohol does is destroys the body, number one, when you're consuming it every day, especially hard alcohol. You're destroying your liver if, as the audio said, you're not including it with a healthy diet and lifestyle. Laughter, uh, fun, with communing with friends, blessing friends with your love, your, your joy, and just creating a healthier environment. When alcohol is on the reservation, destroying people's lives, that's the number one uh, awareness we need to have about whether we're going to consume alcohol every day, every week, or whatever. It's destroying people's lives, always has, in the baby boomer communities, always had destruction in families. It's your choice, not good or bad, wrong or right. You're going to show us the consequences of consuming alcohol and destroying your precious liver. Your liver has to process that alcohol, and it's up to you as an adult to decide how often, how long you're going to destroy your liver. So have a beautiful weekend. Come back tomorrow. I believe it's De- Deborah. Uh, move around with Deborah tomorrow, 12 Central, uh, 1 Eastern. We say thank you now. Red glass, red wine, We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif. Bring them to a new awareness about this beverage, how it can harm or heal or even kill. Be sure to get your copy we love you all. The Female Solution. On we behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato. 
Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujon, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Gareth, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran, Assalam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you, and the mercy of God, and God's blessings. Here from Deborah, I want to answer that quick. Deborah, can you freeze excess peels for future boiling, or can I boil the mixture then freeze the liquid? Always boil the mixture and freeze the the liquid. Yeah, that's the way it's done. I had. I had a liquid in my freezer for, I don't know, six or eight months, brought it out, thawed it out, tastes just as fresh. So, yeah, please uh, boil it and then freeze the liquid. Thank you all for showing up this morning. Appreciate you all, and may you all have a beautiful weekend. Shalom to all my yogi friends out there. Shalom, namaste, and sat nam. Love you all.